Ghosts of Christmas Presents, a seasonal story, written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington. Chapter 23 Christmas Day is a day of traditions. Perhaps you have stockings in the morning and aren't allowed to open presents from under the tree until after lunch. Perhaps you always have turkey or goose. Perhaps there's Buck's Fizz with breakfast or church first thing. Everyone has them and every one of them is different, but they're all Christmas. Even Benedict Nail had Christmas traditions, even though his were mostly him trying to avoid having them altogether. In trying to break free of the Christmas traditions with which he grew up, he has succeeded only in making a set of new ones for himself. From the deliberately unostentatious breakfast of toast and tea, to the sitting in front of a television he was never allowed to have on as a child, from the lunch of cauliflower cheese, the only bit of Christmas lunch he ever liked, to the determined silence of no caroling or Crosby, everything he does is in direct contravention of his parents' Christmas schedule and every bit as rigid and unvarying. But not this year. This year he's breaking with tradition by embracing them all. He starts with an overexcited breakfast that includes his beloved cauliflower cheese simply because he can, and while he eats it, he watches a black-and-white version of A Christmas Carol. He finds it ludicrous, old-fashioned, sentimental, and utterly wonderful. He is even for once pleased to discover that Tiny Tim does not die. We shall not discuss whether he cries. What he does do is go to the bookshelf next to the writing desk and find the copy of A Christmas Carol on the bottom shelf and leafs through it to the bit about the miner's cottage and wonders at it. Then he puts that back and pulls down from the top shelf a copy of William Cotswinkle's Christmas at Fontaine's, a book that he has not thought about in twenty years. But there it is on the flyleaf. To Benedict, Happy Christmas, whether you want it or not, Tim and tucked inside the back cover, a Christmas card. The Christmas card has been made out of an insert from an old packet of knitting instructions. It depicts a mid-century, middle-aged, middle-brow man with a moustache, pipe, and very cosy-looking cardigan. Benedict notices for the first time that he is wearing a knitted tie, too. Inside it reads, Don't listen to Mr. Cardiman. Don't let him spoil your fun. Come and join us. And Happy Christmas, Tim, Helen, Gareth. Benedict puts the book back and looks at the card. I think we'll put you somewhere else, shall we? People will ask him in the future why he has a Christmas card up in his lavatory and will be confused when he tells them it's to stop it spoiling all the fun. When he has done that, he texts some people and is pleasantly surprised to get one immediate response and finds he suddenly has plans for New Year's Eve. This gives him another idea, and, stealing himself, he pulls open the bottom drawer of the writing desk and goes straight to the back of it, rummaging around. Despite it being a tradition, Sam Nail is extremely surprised to get a call from his older brother on Christmas Day and even more surprised when the video starts to find himself apparently in conversation with a metal Roman legionary. Look what I found, says Benedict, holding it up to the camera. This is going to be your present as soon as I can post it. Happy Christmas! 
His brother is momentarily lost for words. Have you ever heard, says Benedict, who has been reading things on the internet, of Tsukumogami? His brother has not. It's a Japanese tradition, says Benedict, where objects that have reached a, a hundred years old become alive, possessed by spirits. Imagine if this little figure of a legionary was possessed by the ghost of an actual Roman. Benedict, are you all right? asks his brother. Just full of Christmas spirit, says Benedict. Full of some kind of spirit, says Sam. Anyway, aren't you glad I found him, says Benedict. I'll send him to you. I gave him to you, says Sam. Oh, wasn't I furious about that, says Benedict with glee. Quite awful. It turns out that his niece and nephew quite enjoy the story of his terrible childhood, although Benedict gets the impression that they already think he's a terrible adult and are not entirely surprised at his behaviour. Finally, his brother gets over his shock enough to wish him Happy Christmas too. Don't post it, says Sam, ringing off. Bring it over. Go on. I shall, says Benedict. And then it is time for dinner. Renata has not made any cauliflower cheese, which is all right, because Benedict has brought what he has left over from breakfast and some champagne. And after a couple of glasses, Renata finally asks the question she has been thinking about all day. What has happened, Benedict? Something has happened, has it not? It has, says Benedict. But what, precisely, is harder to say? Uh, a dream, perhaps, or an hallucination. It was while I was knocked out. You, you don't usually get dreams then, do you? But I had one. It was the strangest idea. I was shrunk down really tiny. In fact, the size kept changing the way it does in dreams, you know. And I was lost in my own living room. I know how that feels, says Renata, looking around her own lounge, where they sat over a card table she has spread with a festive tablecloth. After this year... Well, yes, why is it that the subconscious is always so thumpingly literal about these things? says Benedict. Deadline at work? Here's a dream about exams. Worried about getting up in time for something? Here's a dream about being late. No wonder everyone's been having such strange dreams recently, all shut up and anxious. Anyway, it made me think. It made me think about Christmas, my family, friends and me. I think the thing I've realised is that all my life I've tried to avoid disappointment. And it has been deeply disappointing. I didn't like Christmas because you have to share it. You have to invite other people in. Or let them invite you in, of course. Uh, and thank you very much. And the moment you do that, you're opening yourself to disappointment. Or, and this is the important thing, delight. Avoid the chance of the former. You also avoid the chance of the latter. What's happened, Renata, says Benedict, is that I have decided to be disappointed more often and hopefully not as much as I am delighted. Well, says Renata, I do not think I understood your story, but I do understand your resolution and I think it is very appropriate for Christmas and so I shall toast it. And so shall I, says Benedict. This was not their last toast because it is Christmas and being merry is very much the point and Benedict found getting back down the stairs to his flat considerably harder than it had been going up, which was not usually the case. But home he came and was delighted with it, delighted with his splendidly traditional, untraditional Christmas. Christmas.
You have been listening to The Ghosts of Christmas Presents, written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington. The music is The Path of the Goblin King by Kevin MacLeod of filmmusic.io and our illustrations are by Jamie Lenman. You can find more of our stories at christmasstories.co.uk or wherever you found this podcast and we'd be grateful if you could rate and review us while you're there as well. If you're feeling really generous, we now have a Patreon at patreon.com slash christmasstories where a subscription will get you versions of this story without all these annoying credits and lots of other exclusive material. But all we really want you to do is to listen to the next instalment of The Ghosts of Christmas Presents.